Welcome to Digging the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways of bringing these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the Online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and Space to Meditate and an MBSR teacher and trainer. Greetings, Doug. Hello, John. Good to see you again, as always, on these wonderful podcasts. Yes. So so many interesting conversations, as I think I mentioned before. We're now, at this point, probably around 43 or 44 episodes. Counted, but a lot. And we haven't gotten sick of each other yet. It's kind of amazing. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Never a dull moment. uh, Yep. Speaking of which... Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, um, recently... Over, I, I sometimes I'll post on my uh, YouTube channel about what the the podcast we've just released, you know, to let people know. And I decided to include a an image from our podcast with one of these little missives and got some comments. And so yeah. I guess we'll we'll be discussing a little bit of of, uh, of that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not a, it's our it's our it's our logo. It's the logo that we had designed. <coughs> And um, first off, I mean, it's great that you know people who who follow your 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 video channel are you know they they care, and I, I I love it. And and you know this was somebody who kind of took I, I'm not even sure I would say he took offense at the logo, but you know in a way he did, and I think it was a he. It doesn't really matter. Not but, clear, not clear from the name, but yeah. Yeah. Um, because if those of you have seen our logo, you know, it's a, it's an image of the Buddha who's in the, because the show is digging the Dharma. So the Buddha is holding a shovel, um, a little shovel. This person thought we were disrespecting the Buddha or the image of the Buddha. And then there was a nice series of, I mean, it was a sort of ongoing conversation for a bit around that, uh, yeah. in the chat and, you know. Uh, and it was it was wonderful. I mean, I was I was really happy that that this person brought it up. And uh, you know, there's some cultural sensitivity. For, first off, you know that um, different cultures have different relationships to images, whether it's the Buddha or others. And you know, were we making light of the Buddha image? And uh, it reminded me of an image I've used. Uh, I mean that. Concern reminded me of an image I know I've used, and I've, I can't even remember where I found it. Of you know, when it, when we get to the holiday season, and I mean not the the Christian holiday season, right? So it's like seasons greetings, and there was a Buddha with a like a ah uh, yeah with a, a hat on him, a you Christmas know. hat, yeah, 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 and so you know, same kind of thing, and this this kind of leads to a whole potential discussion around spiritual materialism and yeah. what we find to be really important. And what's interesting is that, you know, in the teachings, right, the Buddha warned about becoming attached to rites and rituals, um, which have their value and their place. But one could transfer that over to also, you know, attachment to imagery and, and et cetera, you know, other yeah. ways of Im- imaging. And, you know, this is all 
you know, we see uh, these days in particular, right, we see Buddha images used in all sorts of inappropriate places. So there's that. And then there's, you know, people who just, you know, have a tendency to collect various Buddhas and, uh, you know, and at what point does it become something other than, uh, other than, other than, you know, a devotion? This is just something to, it's an inquiry. It's not, you know, there's no right or wrong here, but there's definitely an inquiry that needs to be made as to like how we practice with things, with things as a way of supporting our practice. Right. Then there's, and I think what this person was really, you know, sort of commenting on was that, are we disrespecting, you know, the Buddha by having the Buddha holding a, a shovel? Now, as, a, as we've talked about, you know, there are many images of bodhisattvas and other Buddhas who are holding various implements, you know, which all mean something. Right. And uh, the Buddha did, after all, you know, he was living in an agrarian society, so the fact that he might be holding a shovel <laughs> isn't necessarily irrelevant. I've been, I, when I've gone on retreats, work retreats at monasteries, you know, those monks are working hard. They have plenty sure. of shovels, you know, so. Sure, yeah. Um, not that he would have. And certainly but, within his in his early life, he would have oh, yeah. done that sort of thing. Well, I don't know about that, because he was in a very high yeah, well, class, you know, but, but he might have he might have had to dig a hole here and there. Um, <laughs> you never know. Just in terms of you and I and and this particular image, I and mean, we we went back and forth with it a lot. And since you know we we care deeply about the drama, so you know the intention is one of a certain lightness, because I think people do tend to take things maybe more seriously in an unhelpful seriousness. And they need to, but also, you know, <laughs> let's face it. And this, this is also related to spiritual materialism. You know, we were marketing, you know, and it's like, okay, so how do we market this in an effective way? How do we get yeah. people's attention? Is that good or bad? I don't know. It just is, you know, it's just like the way, the way we, the way life works now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to stress that we certainly did not intend to, offend anyone with it. Uh, right. It was That was certainly not our intention. Uh, certainly our intention is not to make fun of anyone uh, or of anything. You know, it may, the the expression of digging the Dharma may be lost on some who are not sort of, you know, not from, I would say, 70s, early 80s America, you know, <laughs> to, you know, digging means to really love, to love something, you know, right. dig it. So, yeah. Uh, digging the Dharma means to love the Dharma. And uh, so this is sort of a playful, but not intended to be uh, in any way uh, disrespectful, but a sort of a playful. Yeah. And we're also, we're also digging into it. And we're also digging yeah, into so it, of course. The which, double meaning there. Which is really part of our love of the Dharmas, because we want, yeah. to, we, we believe that the Dharma should be dug into in order to be understood properly. Yeah. Uh, and, and, for, and frankly, in order for me to understand it properly, I need to dig into it and sort of try to see all of the nuances. And so, so yeah, I mean, I think that's important to stress is that it's not, I mean, the image itself is not at all uh, intended to be uh, uh, disrespectful and the imagery itself is intended to be an image of of love and interest 
not of jokiness, you know, right. or anything like right. that. And 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 to be you know, to be clear, this this uh, this particular person wasn't showing any disrespect toward us or or thinking that we were no, being. No. Yeah, I mean, right. he was. Well, he know, th- they, he or she may have thought that we were being disrespectful. Um, I don't know. I think that they, they they felt that the image was disrespectful and were sort of trying to warn us about that. And I understand that in different yeah. cultures, different images can be taken in different ways. Uh, certainly there in some Southeast, I've forgotten where it was in some Southeast Asian country where somebody was, weren't they arrested and thrown in jail for having a Buddha tattoo, I think. Oh. Uh, and and I th- my understanding now, not knowing the, the exact story very well, uh, they may not have intended it to be disrespectful. Uh, they may have gotten the tattoo because they were considered themselves Buddhist, frankly. Uh, yeah. I, I, again, I don't know the specifics, but I mean, certainly there are different cultures and different cultural mores uh, and different cultural uh, decisions about what is respectful and what is not. Yeah, actually, there was a beautiful video that I just saw a couple of weeks ago related to a tattoo and related to what we're talking about in terms of how <clears throat> different cultures have a different risk, you know, do honor the Buddha in different ways when it, when it comes to the, 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 the physical, you know, a physical man of a physical representation. And, uh, I, I'll try to find it and we'll put a link into it, uh, into, into the, into the, uh, notes on the show, you know, where somebody had a tattoo of a Buddha and, and had gone into a temple, I think in Thailand perhaps, and, and saw, you know, how, how the devotional practices there, uh, were so moving. And, you know, he had this tattoo and he realized that it was maybe not appropriate. And so, you know, he then did what he could to kind of change the tattoo and then went back to the temple and, and really took it in. And so there's, you know, there's definitely a line. And again, you know, it has, part of it has to do with intention. You know, if we, if we do kind of take that, that teaching around rites and rituals to its end, right, we let go of all of that down the road. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, they can be really important. Now what's, you know, really interesting, you know, when, Certainly, when the Westerners that went to to uh, India and Thailand and Burma, and then came back here to open centers, you know, there was a real resistance to having many or any Buddha images in the centers, even though the practice were was the practices were all based on these teachings, uh, and that that could have come from the fact that many of them were Jewish. Uh, or born in a, you know in a Jewish tradition, which of course doesn't bow down to any sort of false idol, or, or you know you don't you don't see any kind of images like that in, in of a pers- personage um, representing a god. And of course, Bo- the Buddha didn't consider himself a god, even though people referred to him as the Lord Buddha. That's more of a that that isn't that isn't putting him on a plane that that isn't necessarily maybe he had lordly he has a lordly lordly image but i don't think it's necessarily putting him in a god like category although for some people maybe that is the case 
It probably is for some. Yeah. Although he would be seen as superior to the deities because he taught the deities. Right. That's traditionally what's understood. Yeah. I think it's also also important to to look at Buddhist history in the sense that, you know, within the centuries after the Buddha's death, uh, the Buddha's Buddha it was believed that that one should not actually make any representations of the Buddha. There was a period of time, centuries, several centuries, where it seems that it was actually discouraged. The uh, the idea being that uh, either there there are various ideas around, but one of them was that the that the Buddha was too great, too uh, in, in the same way that in some theistic traditions, God is seen as too great to represent. After the Buddha's passing, the Buddha was seen as too great to represent uh, accurately. Also, uh, because, you know, once the Buddha died, he, he, he said, you know, one of the unanswered questions is what happens to the Arahant after death. And it was sort of felt that making images of the Buddha w- was threatened to answer that question in mm. a, a positive light. Um, and so, as a result, again, it was discouraged to make a Buddha images, uh, and it was only really around the turn of the Common Era uh, that that changed. And then, all of a sudden, there's this explosion of Buddha images around Gandhara and other places. Uh, one interesting thing is, and this is something I just I've written a paper about actually, and I just found out recently that I have that it's been accepted. Great. Um, yeah, is that, uh, you know, the image of Bhumisparsha, the image of touching the earth, which in fact is the center of our image that we're using with this uh, Im- person who's holding the shovel. Bhumisparsha is actually not an image of the Buddha. It's actually an image of the Bodhisattva. <laughs> uh, because, uh, and that, this is one of the reasons why I think that may have been one of the more popular images throughout is because it's actually not as dharmically problematic because it's not an image of of a fully enlightened being. Mm. Because the touching of the earth, although I, I should say <laughs> traditionally we think of touching of the earth as the as the time at which the bodhisattva becomes enlightened. Right. But in fact, in all the stories, that's not the case. Touching the earth is the Buddha overcoming Mara. Overcoming Mara means overcoming the hindrances, which means that after he touches the ground, the hindrances are gone, then he can go into the jhanas, then he can go into the formless attainments, then he attains enlightenment. So it's the next morning that he attains enlightenment, not at touching the earth. So the touching of the earth gesture is still the bodhisattva. So um, if you, if, if, you know, your concern is that this is the Buddha holding a... a <laughs> Getting a, us out on a technicality here. Well, I'm, I'm just going to pull it, you know, I'm going to go as far as I can with this. Uh, it's not the Buddha holding that shovel, it's the Bodhisattva holding the shovel. Okay, fair enough. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that clarification. I'm really, <laughs> I'm very happy to know that. Uh, but it's so... Yeah, I mean, you know, but it's, it's also, you know, just... Going back to the idea of spiritual materialism, you know, what do we get attached to? And then, and it can go in all sorts of ways. I mean, I, I, uh, I remember early on when I went to retreats, I mean, I still go to retreats, but, but I just, my first one or two times at a major retreat center, 
and you, before the retreat, you were sort of hanging out in the cafeteria or having tea or whatever. And, and people were talking about who they'd been on retreat with, you know, and it was like, oh, I, I was just on this wonderful retreat with this teacher. And then I was on this teacher. And it's like, so it's, that's, a, that's actually a form of spiritual materialism as well. Oh, that yeah. We sort of Absolutely. collect teachers. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily see it that way at first, you know, until we realize, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm attached to certain teachers or, or I, I, I have this checklist of people I want to study with, you know, and, and we can get really hooked in these cycles and it doesn't actually help our progress. No, um, it's more ego, egoism. Yeah. Of, you know, yeah. mine, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, you know, bringing all the right accoutrements with us when we go to practice and, and there are all sorts of ways we can get hooked on these kind of things. And it's just, you know, it's something to really look at closely in our own experience and it's challenging. And, and of course, you know, we, we go places and we see Buddhas in gardens and we see Buddhas in offices and we see, you know, people creating new Buddha images and selling them for lots of money. And there's nothing wrong with any of it per se, unless we think that becomes our practice. You know, we think, oh, you know, I'm a Buddhist if I have a Buddha image in the house or, you know, if, especially if it's a beautiful one, you know, yeah, if I eat at a at a restaurant that has a Buddha logo or something like that, right. you know that kind of thing. Yeah, and so it's something to really watch and look at closely in our own in our own practice and in our own tendency toward materialism in general. Why are we buying something? What's the purpose? Is it bringing something new into our lives? Is it bringing something important to our, into our lives? And is it is it something I need or something I I want. <laughs> and, you know, that, that plays into it as well. So there's a pretty big practice possibility here, right? Yeah. And also realizing that these images, well, they, I mean, the Buddha never discusses them during his, I mean, because there weren't any during his day. I right. Mean, that's just not even, it's one of the things that some, you know, scholars r- sort of remark upon is that, you know, you don't see any mention of images in the suttas. Uh, certainly not of him. Right. The, 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 at first, it was just his feet, or the the feet of an enlightened one. I'm sure you right. his feet. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that or was the or the uh, the the wheel of the Dharma is another right. one, or right. the empty throne, which is something that would would have been there after he passed uh, the the lion's throne or something. Yeah. So, but during his day, uh, they weren't there were none, and. and there's a, a recent book by Robert de Caroli who talks about the images of the Buddha, um, which is a fascinating book, where he mentions that within India at that time, uh, making images of people was threatening, uh, because when you made an image of somebody, you could, um, you know, do magic on it. You know, it was a way of making mm-hmm. love magic, wow. you know, or... Uh, you know, the way people would put pins into a, an image of somebody, you know, you could do harmful magic. Right. And so, uh, images were all sort of caught up around worldly ends of love and hate and that kind of thing. And so, mm. uh, this is another reason why he doesn't believe that, um, you know, you don't, he believes that you don't find mentions of images in the in the early texts and why, again, it was not thought of as something that was really... Uh, appropriate for the for the Buddha at, in the centuries after after his after his passing. Yeah, and and it's also a form of re- reification. 
obviously. Well, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that we grab, grab onto. onto. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. It's uh, like the, if you see the Buddha on the road, kill the Buddha, that old famous Zen koan. Uh, yeah. You know? Right. You know, so I think, you know, we can safely say that, first off, thank, thank your, and I don't know if this person actually listens to our podcast, but and obviously this person watches your videos and, and, you know, gratitude for them for bringing this up because A, it's an important discussion and B, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's useful for us to know if we've, if our intention isn't clear, we can help clarify the intention. But I also appreciated your referring to recognizing actually this was an image of the Buddha as a Bodhisattva. So it was before his awakened, his awakening, which really gives us an out, but you know, that's really not the point. (laughs) No, no, of course not, but it's interesting anyway. Yeah, it's very interesting and I'm glad your paper got published. You know, but just, I I think as, you know, uh, as a kind of reminder, it's, it's just useful to kind of look at how we get attached to image, you know, to things uh, that prove that we are this or that, you know, that, oh, you know, and I, you know, listen, anybody who's been to our home will say, but you guys have like bodhisattvas and, and all sorts of things, you know, all over the place. And it's true. They're, they're there in a sense as reminders. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how they best work yeah. as reminders. Yeah. And, uh, they're also beautiful. And yet when you, when you, when you see them as reminders, just to say, Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, as uh, one of our, Favorite monks said, it's like putting up little post-it notes around the house. Just, you know, remember, practice. And, you know, and so there's, that's, that's a little different. And they can be beautiful too. So. Yeah, they make, they make yeah. life nice to have yeah. pretty things around. But yeah, yeah, it is just pretty things. So you have right. to be aware of it that way. I, my, I would say I'm, uh, apologize if it offends you. Uh, and that's, again, not, not our intention. Yeah. So, but thank you for bringing it to our attention. Yeah, it's helpful. We'll keep the logo for now, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for now. And, gosh, it's hard to segue into coffee. Now, how do we segue into coffee from here? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a material thing, but it's important. There was no coffee in the Buddha's day, so. Is that true? I guess not. Well, at least not not in the suttas, I think. Right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we bring this up because it's a way of supporting our show, and you can buy us a coffee yes. at digandhedharma.com. And you can buy several coffees, in fact. You can buy us as many coffees as you'd like. Or even become a member. Yeah. Yeah, a member who is basically somebody who buys a small number of coffees every month, and you get special uh, little things in return for being yeah. a member. We might have you as a guest on the air. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have our members as guests from time to time, uh, once a quarter, uh, more or less, um, so that people can ask us anything. And if if they want, we can even put it on, yeah, put it on a podcast as yeah. we've done before. Digandhedharma.com. So, thank you, Doug. Always good. Thanks, John. Always interesting. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. And we look forward to being with you again soon. Absolutely. And dig the Dharma. Indeed. Okay, take care. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider leaving a review on your local podcast directory. It would help us out a lot. You can check John out at johnaaron.net 
and Doug at Doug Starma on YouTube and his Patreon page, linked in the notes. You've been listening to Diggin' the Dharma with Doug Smith and John Aaron. Thank you.